In our industry, there are few things more beautiful than a perfect pairing. Yelp Guest Manager has officially integrated with Reserve with Google, creating the largest consumer network in the U.S. Leverage Yelp Guest Manager to offer reservations, next-gen waitlist, and take out to 64 million more consumers than OpenTable. To supercharge your restaurant's marketing and operations, visit restaurants.yelp.com today. Comscore Media Metrics, based on Yelp Guest Manager, Reserve with Google, and OpenTable monthly average number of visitors in the U.S., 2022. Now here we go. And we came up with the brand descriptor of Korea's finest fried chicken. And now that goes underneath all of our storefront and all of our like printing material just to educate the consumers that, hey, we're not barbecue, we're Korean's finest fried chicken. So being part of that process was super cool experience for me. And seeing that actually work and expanding our location starting from 32nd to more than a like 150s, we just opened a new location in Central America, Panama, City Panama. We're opening in Costa Rica. Seeing these blossoming of a brand that I love, starting from South Korea, is very, very cool to witness and be part of. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. They say that if it's not broken, don't fix it. But that sets a pretty low bar for improvement. Today, we're chatting with Andrew Lee of BB.Q Chicken, who took a brand that was far from broken and made it better. Today, we're discussing the secrets to scaling, successful branding strategies, and how to optimize your operations for the future. So this is actually... It's very far away from a typical restaurant or story where, hey, my parents own multiple restaurants, none of that. Like, I never cooked before CIA. But when I started working for Starbucks and really got to serve people on a daily basis, I used to serve coffee at this library called Du Bois Library in UMass Amherst. It's where all the kids who study at the library, like, grab coffee there and that's where I really fell in love with just interacting with strangers like having a conversation giving them a boost of the day really because so after UMass I had to go back to Korea for my military service and at the time in Korea they were doing a young entrepreneur grant competition where you can submit a business proposal to win a thirty dollars to $60,000 grant to open up your whatever food establishment you wanted to do. And I'm like, hey, it would be a good opportunity for me to do cafe. So I wrote a proposal at the time. I'm what? I'm 20 years old. I end up winning it. So year 2014, I started my own cafe back in South Korea with the seating of 65 seating which is huge. And That's they had massive a massive for a cafe. It's, massive. It's, it's huge. And pretty much A to Z, I got to run into every single mistake. And that's when I realized, hey, I got to learn more about restaurants. And I wanted to learn from the best. 
out there. So I looked up the hey, like best restaurant school to go to, and that was CIA. So I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to apply here. Let's see what happens. And I just got in with no experience in chopping onion or like working in the kitchen, just with the cafe experience I got in. And oh boy, once I started CIA, it was, it was a rough experience, but I think it was a necessary experience for me to know the kitchen operation because. When I had my own cafe slash restaurant, the biggest problem I had was taking control of the kitchen inventory, coming up with a recipe or getting any insight on these kitchen people, like kitchen workers, like chefs, because they talk in their own language that 20 year old me had no idea. And that was the biggest reason why I decided to go to CIA. So you went to CIA, you graduated. And I believe that there was a five-year span between graduating CIA and becoming the operations manager, right? No, I actually graduated CIA, went to work at one of the Danny Meyer restaurants for a little over a year. And then while working there, I had a friend from UMass. He started a job at BBQ and... BBQ is very well-known brand in South Korea. I grew up eating BBQ, so I already knew the brand. And my friend back from UMass said, hey, I got an opening. It's just starting out in the U.S. You should come join. So that's why I decided to join BBQ team almost immediately. So this is a little after three years of graduation. So a Korean concept just launching in the U.S. through a friend or a friend of a friend, you get the opportunity to come on board with a brand that you're familiar with that is now having its big entree into the United States. And at the time, BBQ had 32 locations and was just breaking into the U.S. What did you think, based on your prior experience with them, and now you have all of this industry insight? When you first came on board, what did you think had led to the level of success that they had already experienced to date? So when I first joined BBQ, coming from Union Square Hospitality, very fine dining concept to a QSR, where main focus is the takeout and it's the fried chicken, right? Korean fried chicken. So I would say a very different segment within the restaurant, but the biggest pain point that I pointed out is, like I said prior, is Asian cuisines tend to hyper-focus on product quality and what ingredient you use. Like when you look at Asian brands that are mostly in Asia, what they talk about is, hey, we use the freshest ingredient, cleanest ingredient. We use the best of the best quality. So BBQ stands for best of the best quality. And that has been rhetoric for our brand for a very long time and abroad. So we entered U.S. in 2008 as a master franchise. We start doing direct investment in 2014. So we were here a little over a decade and we were still at 20-something, 30-something location. And we didn't much have a messaging for the consumers besides us selling the best of the best quality, having a variety of choices. All these are just hyper-focused on product. But none of, outside of that, we didn't really focus on experience, the uh, cultural authenticity that you can get 
through our brand. So when I first joined as a operation manager, the first thing I focused on was creating a manual for the service at the restaurant and really standardize the uh, from our door to getting the service, what you need to be saying, like what each line employee needs to be saying. So after we solidify that, and at the time we didn't have a standardized POS system-wide, our reporting was all over. So we needed to take back a little and solidify our foundation. And I was lucky to be there at such an early stage for a brand at 30 something location, but with the huge establishment and the brand following from South Korea. In South Korea, we operate more than 2000 location, like BBQ is a household name. So when you hear BBQ in Korea, people don't think of barbecue. And that's why a lot of American barbecues have hard time in South Korea is because when people look at BBQ, they just think of fried chicken. But in America, it's a different story, right? So one problem we had was operationally, it was scattered. Second thing is we only hyper-focus on product. And the third is the confusion coming from name, BBQ. People will just think barbecue, barbecue. They wouldn't really associate that with the fried chicken. So first, me and my team of operation really focused on getting the standardizing the service steps, POS system, reporting first for the franchise and the franchisees, having that laying out the foundation. And second thing, when I got promotion to strategy marketing manager, at the time, I only have one direct report, right? Like it's a very small department. Everyone has to wear different hats because we were at location 40 something at this time. And I really wanted to resolve the issue coming from name barbecue being barbecue chicken because no matter how many times we say hey like we're bbq we're super big in korea like people don't know that in america like you got to be able to explain that so we went through a series of research digging into like so i can use a big jargon like oh we did a customer analysis like swot but that really boils down to talking to customer on site, going through your Yelp review, going through your Google review. And what we found out was people get super confused by barbecue chicken. So we teamed up with a marketing agency in the States, and we came up with the brand descriptor of Korea's finest fried chicken. And now that goes underneath all of our storefront and all of our like printing material just to educate the consumers that, hey, we're not barbecue, we're Korean's finest fried chicken. So being part of that process was super cruel experience for me. And seeing that actually work and expanding our location, starting from 32nd to more than uh, like 150s. And now we're going into, we just opened a new location in Central America, Panama, City Panama. We're opening in Costa Rica. Seeing these blossoming of a brand that I love starting from South Korea is very, very cool to witness and being part of. So let's unpack a few of those things. Getting back to operations just for a minute. I'm sure a lot of people are listening and their steps of service aren't completely in line, but like they're single unit operation. I can't imagine that everyone listening isn't like, holy shit. They had over 30 locations and they didn't have steps of service in place. They weren't using the same point of sale system in all of the restaurants. 
I mean, it's readily known that sales will cure just about all ills, right? So if you're making enough money, you can keep growing. Or if you can fundraise enough, you can keep growing. I mean, was that it? Was like, were all of these really basic necessities overlooked simply because the restaurant itself was busy enough that there were more pressing issues in your mind? So you did talk about the fundamentals. The reason why the service was very different was being a franchise restaurant is very different than corporate-owned locations where you control the staffing and you control the employee completely. And second thing is, we had a location all over the nation. So we had a California location, we had Texas location, and we had Massachusetts and a New York location. And all these franchise owners really adapted to their regional characteristics. And that really created a confusion in terms of a what experience are we providing? Because like I said before, we were just focused on product quality or hyper-focused on product at the time. So most our, I guess the overall focusing was around how to create a best fried chicken out there, how to create a authentic Korean fried chicken that is exactly the same as what you will have in South Korea. But really, like there was a lacking in the operation, like you said, like people were coming into PBQ Chicken and they were getting a different experiences from 32 locations, like 32 different experiences. So that was the first thing we had to tackle. It's one thing to create that operational infrastructure, right? I mean, it took you three hours to write out the steps of service, but now you've got to implement it and establish accountability. So to that, I can proudly said I've been to every single location. And when I guess I'm going back to 2020 COVID hit. A lot of new construction stopped for six months. And that's when we took opportunity to revisit to the fundamentals and polishing the whole structures. Because during the COVID time, like most logistic companies, they were having an issue, right? Truckers not showing up or they're getting sick. So us operation came from the HQ were dispatched to each region and we were hand delivering HQ product to each franchisee location. And that's when we had a chance to sit down with the franchisee and talk about, hey, like we got this, like you said, hey, we got this cool manual coming out, but we're going to stay with you for a week, two weeks to get it until right. So for me, the year 2020 was just spent solely on getting myself out. And I think out of 365 days, I was out on the road for like 270 days, 260 days. I was on the road. I was solely on field with my fellow operation managers just to get this problem right. So I'm not going to say it's, it's easy. Like having this piece of paper wouldn't work. You have to be physically there. But I think that's the beauty of a uh, franchise compared to being an independent owner because for me, my previous experience as an individual owner was I didn't have that person to ask for help or ask for guidance, where with the franchise, there will be someone, operation manager, or like you said, you can hire a restaurant consultant, but getting the help isn't a bad thing. So I think getting that foundation cleared out really helped us to grow to the next step of, hey, branding, marketing experience, and so on and so forth. 
And the next thing I want to talk about is marketing, because I think people overestimate how difficult simple is for you to say, you know, that we took a really long time, probably spent a whole lot of money, had all of these focus groups, absorbed all of these people's bandwidth to come up with the world's finest Korean fried chicken, right? It seems simple. Like, come on, man. Like, you could have just scribbled that on the back of a napkin. (laughs) But I can tell you both as someone that specializes in restaurant marketing myself, like, simple is not easy for my fine dining restaurant. For us to come up with Southern classics reimagined took two years. (laughs) It took a variety of iterations. One of my clients has a fast, casual concept. And for us to come up with chef quality food in 10 minutes or less was incredibly difficult because what you're doing is, is you're creating a singular statement, something that is simple, but evocative and inspiring and something that people will not only remember, but when they describe you to other people, they will use your words to describe you. It is an incredibly difficult lift. And for Nine out of every 10 independent restaurants I talk to, they still, when you say, so what makes you special? What do you do for a living? It's a five-minute conversation instead of a five-word sentence. So I want you to take a minute because I know the painstaking effort that went into Korea's finest fried chicken. Beautiful, simple, elegant, evocative. How long did that take? And I know, right? Um, And what was the process? And if you can remember, what were the options you didn't choose? So defining that brand descriptor, like I told you before, we entered U.S. in 2008. And we went through a series of tagline, like Eat Fresh was one of them. I know that we sold one of the taglines to Subway, actually. Our CreateHQ had to the trademark to Subway because it was something with like it fresh and like something but the problem like you said is I'm an owner of a restaurant and I want to be all these things like I serve the best nacho best steak best burger and oh like we have seafood and oh like we have like this mac and cheese like you can get and oh like you can get sushi so the problem with that is you try to be best at everything but that's not how you become a best, right? You have to pick, you have to really look into yourself and what am I really good at? And like you said, it's very hard to define the one thing that you're best at. So for us, our process was we visited most of our locations. So being, I was on the flight with my team to Texas, California, Washington State, Colorado, these nationwide location, talking to real customers to figure out what they valued us the most. Like, why did you decide to come here? Because you're essentially fighting for each meal out of each customer, right? Like they have so many options. You can just open Yelp and there's a series of options you can go. They can go burger, you can go chicken. But why did you choose BBQ tonight with uh, your friend or your loved one? So that was the one question I asked every single person and I encounter. And once I'm starting to having this conversation, I've seen the pattern of, hey, I came here because it was really crispy. I came here because it's real Korean. It's 
our brand is featured in series of Netflix Korean dramas. So when you look at Fresh Landing on You that ran years ago, they're having a meal at BBQ. Like our BBQ chicken invests heavily on these cultural content because we know we're the authentic Korean fried chicken. So when people looking at these shows, K-dramas or K-pops, they immediately think of, hey, like, I saw BBQ. I want to try that. So that aspect was one of them for being Korean. So that's where Korean came from. Because before that, we just wanted to be very generic, best of the best quality fried chicken. But they, we didn't want to really put a boundary of being Korean. But after talking to each customers and going through Yelp reviews or Google reviews, like reading thousands of them, that was the most thing that people valued is having that authentic cultural experience. And besides the brand descriptor, we came up with a tagline called Real Crispy and Real Korean. So Real Crispy was this huge word to describe our product. People are saying, hey, your chicken's really crispy. We see that coming up everywhere. So that's where we caught on. Hey, like we have grilled chicken option. We can do like sauteed chicken if you want to. But we decided to really hone on on being the real crispy fried chicken in the segment. So that's why we chose Korea's finest fried chicken, real crispy, real Korean. So sometimes it's very good experience and good to talk to your normal day-to-day guests. And just ask them, like, why did you choose us? And if you give them just free fries, like, they'll gladly answer you for, like, three to four minutes. And it doesn't cost that much, right? Like, if you just give them, a, like, fries, like, you don't have to hire a inexpensive focus group. Like, no need to go through a data mining because you're picking on your customer's mind on your site. And if you're still unsure about your current restaurant, like what you're really best at, maybe looking into and speaking with your customer could be an answer. And they may be able to give you a clearer answer that you anticipated. I couldn't agree with you more. This was a big hurdle for me, probably one of the most valuable lessons of my career. And I advocated for all of my clients as well. Like, you know, we sit in these dark rooms, right? Huddled together as managers and strategists and senior leaders and owners trying to figure out what our customers want, what would motivate them to come in twice a month instead of once a month, or what's going to drive a ton of new traffic, instead of just getting out there and asking and saying, hey, you come in here once a month like clockwork. What will we need to do or say to get you to come in twice a month? More often than not, people are willing to field questions. As you evolved from operations into strategy and marketing, how did you see your role change? What KPIs did you begin to track? What does success look like in this new role? So as an operation manager, I really looked into like ticket time, service time, like customer dual time. That was the most thing I looked at because I can see them like from my kitchen. I'm frying chicken. I see people getting pissed outside saying, hey, it's been like 45 minutes that I know, oh, okay, like I'm doing a bad job or I'm doing a bad job training them, but moving into this strategy and marketing role, you're right. The KPIs I'm looking is different. It could be sales number. It could be how many impressions you got on social media, how many coverage you got on PR. There are so many KPIs you can look into and say, hey, you're doing a 
you can convince your boss or your board of directors that you're doing a good job with all these numbers. But for me personally, I look at two things. And one is the guest count that I look at. So on the POS, you'll always see the ticket count and the guest count. That's the one thing I see week over week, how many guests I'm seeing that is being repeated or a new customer. And the second thing would be a sales number. So year over year, how many sales we grew, week over week, uh, how many sales we grew. That's the two essential thing I look into. And of course, I can go into more about, hey, like business development, real estate, like all these new numbers. But for our company, we have a model called franchise or drives when franchisee drives. And to me, the most valuable thing in my career is I've been into their shoe, right? I've been a independent owner. I've been a line worker and I worked in like operation. Yes, my background is a little bit non-traditional compared to other marketing executives out there who worked at a marketing agency for a very long time and can really track well with KPI. But for me, I always like to start my day calling franchisees. I always set up time like an hour just talking to them, even though I'm not operation, because what the opinions or suggestion you get from the field, you can apply them to like marketing or big strategic decision as a company takes because our company is still very young, even though we passed the milestone of having more than 150 locations in the States, we're just starting. And there are a lot of problems we're going to have to solve down the road. And this is from one of my mentors that I really looked up to in restaurant industry. He's a Korean guy, owns four or five restaurants. But what he says is you can never be cooked up in an office and just look at a spreadsheet number and KPI and determine how your restaurant is doing well. Like you have to know the field. You have to know the operation. You have to really breathe and live in restaurant to call yourself a successful restauranter. I truly believe that everything needs to come from customer experience, what customers are eating, what kind of experience they're having. So that's why I put guest count sales number as a very good KPI. And so our corporate headquarters manage all Yelp, Google review. So if you leave a one-star review today at whatever BBQ location, most likely I'll be seeing that on my inbox saying like, hey, like you got one-star review and this is why. So as a third one, I want to say the most important KPI is the customer's feedback that you're getting from the actual restaurant. What do your goals look like for the remainder of the year and beyond? So uh, really expanding our Korean fried chicken and taking this amazing product that I've known and love into this new territory would be the goal for the rest of the year. And also still focusing on the existing guests and trying to improve their customer experience by like, I really try to go on a restaurant at least once a week just to have more feeling because I think I miss being in operation, to be honest, like, <laughs> like being a marketer or strategist. It's, it's fun. Like it's a lot of numbers, but deep down, I think my root is still in the uh, field operations. So that's what I like to do more. 
Our industry suffers from razor-thin margins, and the only way for us to ensure profitability is to make data-driven decisions. The numbers don't lie, and Yelp for Restaurants just released some incredibly compelling numbers. For starters, Yelp reaches nine times more customers online than OpenTable. And would restaurants pair that level of visibility with guest manager in Yelp ads, they experience up to an 8% lift in diner bookings. Think about what that 8% lift could do for your restaurant's finances. To learn more about how Yelp for Restaurants can support your business, visit restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp to learn more today. That's Andrew Lee. For more information on BB.Q Chicken, visit bbqchicken.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Copel. You've been listening to Full Comp.